What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts today, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? Good. I'm here to hold the door. You are here to hold the door. Um, and, and the reason that you're holding the door, holding the line, uh, is because uh, Wesley is in the middle of a, a of a lightning storm right now, a rainstorm, and we're we were we have to hold the line for him because yes, his his house could could go go dark any moment. Yeah, it's uh, storming bad, and um, Marcus, because he also lives in Florida, was kind enough to drive up and hold my door intact. Um, yeah, which you can't yeah. see from his camera, but he's he's doing a really good job. Yeah. That's what we do for each other here in Florida. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the Florida men. Yes, Florida men. I also saw you were uh, you've been getting into bird watching, Wes. Yeah, I uh, last year uh, got like a bird feeder and just set it up in my backyard, and then I built a birdhouse, and now I'm full. I'm full bird watcher. I got binoculars for Christmas. I got a nice little guidebook. I'm identifying birds. I'm putting out special types of food like mealworm, so that bluebirds come in and build a home. Um, I'm basically like an 80 year old grandma now. It's awesome. And now they're all being washed away by the giant storm. I, I had like, to, I pulled in lately? all my stuff. I'm a little upset because they, yesterday was a really good day. I had like 22 birds at once in my backyard. And now because of the Dang. storm, I pulled in my birdhouse and bird feeder. And, and now I'm like, I hope they, they know it's not permanent. Come back, birdies. Do you live in like a relatively bougie neighborhood? Like if you have 22 birds in your yard, is that the kind of thing that neighbors <laughs> go like? We have a problem with that for some reason. Like they get mad at you. They might get mad about it, but there's like kind of like a little bit of forest nearby. And I think I'm maybe I'm the only one that's like trying to attract birds. But it was like 18 finches, which are pretty common. Um, But I had three or four bluebirds. And that's like the exciting part. So, um, you know, you could gauge uh, how many bluebirds you have in your backyard uh, based on like the bourgeoisie and and class and all that kind of stuff. I I think so. Yeah, it's a bougie backyard. Bird Informer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bird Informer. Uh, that voice you heard is our online content director, Brian Shea. How you doing, Brian? Doing all right. Uh, spent a lot of time this last week writing a very long preview, which I believe we're going to talk about here. Yes, in just a moment, we're going to be diving into your Suicide Squad preview. Real quick, though, I'm, I'm not done with the bird feeder stuff. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually working on a game that involves bird feeders, Wes, so maybe Ooh. I'll have to like... Have you sent me some screenshots of your book? I can so do that. I don't have to like buy it on Amazon or something. Hey, did you guys know birds. Harley Quinn of the Suicide Squad, also part of the Birds of Prey? Mm. Ah, mm. I hope the Birds That's, of Prey yeah, okay. don't come to my backyard because some birds would... like uh, Blue Jays are bullies to my birds. Oh, yeah. So That's not good. So you want the Birds of Prey to not? Get rid of the blue jays? Is that I, just... I would assume oh. the bird I don't know, birds of prey. I don't want them to attack and create class warfare in my backyard. It's a open <laughs> for all and I will feed all who need food and provide shelter. Birds okay. of prey just mm. doesn't they don't sound too inviting. By the way, birds of prey, underrated DCEU movie. Just put that out there. I could agree with that. Yeah. Never seen it. Never seen it. It's, Me neither, but I've heard it's one of the better ones. It is one of the better DCEU movies. Yeah. Okay, Shay. Well, speaking of DC, let's get into it. Suicide <laughs> so Squad. Excited. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I. Sorry, I didn't. I am excited. Skip I'm actually over with. <laughs> we talked about it last week on the podcast. I'm actually excited for Suicide Squad. Whatever that, whatever its shape or form is, 
after its delay and all that i i i'm interested to hear to hear your thoughts because i am i'm eager to i'm eager to play this game so I, I wrote this in the preview that like because of all of the negative buzz online i really haven't been knowing like how i'm supposed to feel about this game like should i be excited about this game should i be like hesitant should i be just like outright like i'm going to ignore this game when it comes out so that's why i was like so eager when i was going out there for the game awards this, this happened during my trip out to the game awards warner brothers invited me to the the warner brothers studio lot uh, you know at the where the animaniacs live up in the tower and i got to play a full day of suicide squad kill the justice league so started out with a i want to say like probably 45 minutes of a single player session and that got us through um, like just the opening and uh, part of chapter one. And then we had like a, a brief break and then we were thrown into a multiplayer session, which I think lasted about three, three and a half hours. So it was a pretty decent chunk of a, uh, of a gameplay session. And then I had a chance to talk to do two separate interviews with developers at Rocksteady. And um, yeah, I mean, I came away from it more positive than I thought I would. My, uh, you know, the, the gameplay feels really good. The characters all control very distinct from one another. The story seems like it's going to be very fun. Again, I was kind of jumping around a little bit from chapter one. And then like kind of just as I was getting into the story, they're like, all right, that's that's the end of this gameplay session. We're going to move on and we're going to take a quick break and then go into chapter three. And, uh, you know, that involves some characters that, I was excited to see pop back up. Some of them were in different forms than you expect because it is within the Arkham universe. You know, we have uh, the three Rocksteady games, the one uh, Warner Brothers developed Arkham Origins, and now this takes place five years after Arkham Knight. And so in that time since, the Justice League has been formed and, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, they, Green Lantern all exist in this universe. There's a a whole suite of villains that you're going to encounter. You're going to encounter some of the villains that you uh, encountered in the uh, the Arkham games as well. And obviously, you know, Harley Quinn is also in both of the, the, the Arkham games and Suicide Squad. She is a, actually a playable character. So there's a lot of like stuff scattered throughout the world, stuff scattered throughout the story that kind of tell you what has happened in this world since the events of Arkham Knight. And, you know, there's, they, they told me that the, the 100% ending of Arkham Knight is canonical. So there is, uh, they, they, they say that you will definitely know that for sure. Once you play suicide squad, kill the justice league. So that's exciting that like, there's all these like kind of things and Easter eggs and like info lore drops within the game that will tell you what has been going on in this universe that we've all spent so much time in that you know has produced some of the greatest superhero video games of all time regardless of how Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League turns out it's still in that universe that gave us Arkham Asylum Arkham City Arkham Knight Arkham Origins so it's going to be nice to return to that regardless even if it's not Gotham City it's Metropolis that you're in in this game but Metropolis but Gotham's across the bay yeah, according right. to Batman vs Superman, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, no sign of Martha anywhere though, which is unfortunate. Dang it! That's uh, DLC. That, I hope that's actually the conclusion because, like, the story is that Brainiac has come to Metropolis and has basically enslaved 
uh, brainwashed and uh, kind of captured all of humanity, including many members of the Justice League. And I'm really hoping that is like the culmination of how they save Superman and Batman from the brainwashing as they just mutter. Martha! (laughs) Oh my God. Amanda Waller's like, bring me Martha. Suddenly, (laughs) yeah, suddenly Amanda Waller says, yeah, Martha. And then Brainiac of all people is like, Martha. (laughs) And it turns out there's actually a third, uh, another mother. Martha. I will never get over that moment when watching that in theaters, the Martha moment. Yeah, I don't think Zack Snyder will either. Um, so yeah, the, um, the story seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of different DC characters popping up. I mean, just in the first chapter alone, you know, you got the four playable characters who are Harley Quinn, King Shark, Captain Boomerang, and Deadshot. There's references to a bunch of characters. You know, the, one of the first things you do is you go to kind of the abandoned hall of justice and there's like a justice league kind of museum that's dedicated to them. And like, you can go and it's like, obviously like set up like a museum so you can go around and like hear holograms of the heroes talking. So, I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking to hear Kevin Conroy back in the role of Batman, you know, seeing as how he, he passed away recently. This is being his final performance as Batman, presumably. But, you know, he's delivering an amazing performance. But, you know, you hear Superman talk about, like, his time in the Justice League, Wonder Woman, Flash, etc. Did they, um, I'm sorry, real quick. Did they get any of the other, like, known actors that played, like, Superman, like, in the animated series? Just because, like, the cool thing about the Arkham games was that they got Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy because they're like, oh, yeah, that's the cartoon voices you grew up with. Did they do the same for Superman or at all? You know, I don't know the voice cast. I know it's Tara Strong that's doing Harley Quinn again. Right. But I don't know the other voice actors. But yeah, so like the, the story continues on and they basically are like, well, we got to do our mission, but we don't. they Because like it starts off with like them getting the, the bombs planted in their heads in a very, very comical scene, by the way. It's not... Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but it is it it's definitely on the tone of the like the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, so I very much enjoyed like the cutscene that shows that happening and like the establishing the team dynamic that's at play here. And then they just kind of get dumped into Metropolis in the the Hall of Justice by Amanda Waller. And they're like, all right, you guys got to get up to the roof and like kind of assess the situation. But they're like, we need uh, we need some like weapons. We need some some stuff to like help us get around because, you know, like how's Captain Boomerang going to like fly through the air? And they so they had to have a narrative reason for that. But they find a cool narrative reason in that like cap, they, they find like a, a, a kind of a, a display case of different weapons and, and stuff that has been confiscated or was like used by the Justice League or confiscated from their enemies. So, like, uh, uh, Captain Boomerang finds uh, the Speed Force, which allows him to kind of run like the Flash. And Harley takes a bat drone and a grappling shot and allows her to kind of, like, swing a little bit. Similar to Spider-Man, but it definitely controls differently than than Spider-Man. But they all traverse differently from one another. So it feels good in, like, learning how how to control them. Uh, Deadshot finds a jack uh, a jetpack, and that allows him to kind of establish his his style and everything so like they all also have different fighting styles so like harley has her bat she has a pistol and then um you know they all have a a primary range weapon a secondary range weapon and a melee weapon and i like uh deadshot is kind of maybe the most like third person shooter style character because he has those two weapons and then he also can like as part of his jetpack you know he can fly around the, the field a little bit but also 
he can hover. Like if you jump up and you aim down the sights, he almost does like the the Breath of the Wild thing where like you kind of suspend yourself in midair, but it doesn't slow down time, but he's using the jetpack where he can kind of just like kind of hover over the, the battlefield and pick off enemies that way. So like he has like a mid-range weapon and a, a sniper rifle. At least that's how it starts off. You collect a lot of weapons and you can like trade them out. There was, they all have different specialties. There's one that like awards critical hit for uh like shooting enemies in the legs instead of the heads but like the heads it doesn't do as much damage if you use that weapon to shoot them and there's another one that like um it's like a melee weapon but it gives you like extra points if you counter properly um not extra points but like extra xp and then um you know there's just there's different grenades there's one that's uh oh god what is it called but it's like a it has like the casino like gold plated sevens that pop up when you throw it it has like a casino name um, and that allows like you to get like extra money when you use a grenade and then like, it's a cluster bomb. So it explodes. Royal flush. It's something like that. I mean, let's, let's see here. Two of a kind. Well, I, I want to know one of my biggest questions with this game is like, does the shooting feel good? Because we're so, we associate the rock city's work with like melee combat, but yeah. like, is there third person shooting pretty good or? It doesn't feel as good or as revolutionary as, like, the free-flow combat of the Arkham games did. Like, I mean, I still think that that was, like, you know, way ahead of its time. And it it proved to be the case because so many developers kind of outright copied it in the subsequent years. But, like, it felt good, right? Like, I I didn't have a bad time doing it. It didn't feel like it was, like, on the level of, like, something like Destiny or anything like that. Where it's just, like, the, the, the gunplay feels so good. That I'm like, like, can't stop raving about it, but didn't get in the way of me enjoying the game. The the thing that I was most concerned about after the 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 timeline, and I, I want to make it clear that I was mostly positive when I came out of my my gameplay session and my interviews. It seemed like they were saying a lot of the right things. They they understand the position they're in, coming from a a game and a series that defined really the part of the generation that they existed in in the Arkham games. They um. You know, they, they seem like they understand like the this is a big leap for a lot of fans and they're trying to just kind of I asked them why they didn't do a, a, a like stick closer to like kind of the pedigree and like their expertise that they established in the Arkham games. And they're like, well, that doesn't make sense for these characters. It's like for Batman, it makes sense because, you know, he's like always thinking about like what his next move is. He's a master martial artist. So it makes sense to kind of have like the up close and personal free flow combat that the Arkham games did. For this, we wanted it to have like kind of like a a, a fast paced like run and gun like raucous action like over the top. You defeat these enemies, you move on, and it's just like a kind of a a just a, a fun run and gun style. And there are different gameplay styles that you can cater your characters to and customize for. And it'll even tell you this weapon is good for run and gun. This weapon is good for like ranged combat and. That is actually very helpful because customizing your character seems like it's going to be a big part of this. Um, But the thing that I came away most concerned about was the variety in the missions. I had a great time following the story, but it felt like so many of the missions were, all right, make your way to this part of the city. And then on your way there, you're going to encounter a bunch of enemies out in this big open world. And it just seems like there's a lot of missions that are kind of like copy paste where it's just like there it's like go here and defeat the enemies go here and defend the point and i've had that both in the the kind of the world events and also in the the story missions 
there were a few story missions that actually proved me wrong on that. And those were the ones that were the best ones. Like there was one where you're, it's kind of like the lead up to, to when you're the, the boss battle that I did was against the flash. And in the lead up to that, there was one where it's like, all right, there's this giant cannon. You have to go around and deposit uh, these bits of this terminots, which are these, uh, the brainiac robots. And that there's these bits you have to deposit into the weak points. And then you'll be able to attack the cannon. That's, that's posing a threat. That was a more fun, more kind of catered mission than the other ones that I was playing, which were like very much like, all right, defend the objective again while the the NPC either hacks the terminal or tries to like get stronger to help you out or something, or just go here and defeat all the enemies. It, it, it felt very early Destiny in that regard, where it was like a lot of the missions were very samey. Uh, that one with the cannon. And then the Flash boss fight was actually very fun. So I... I would love it if like this is just kind of like the early game where it's like learning how the game plays and how it works and everything. And maybe that's why they chose the sequence because it is very much like giving you the ability to learn how these characters control because they all do control very differently. I got to play all four of them in uh, in different spurts. And I like a lot of them. I think Deadshot's going to be my favorite, but I also, I I did not like Captain Boomerang at all until I played for like probably like an hour with him and then i was like okay he might be my favorite really okay yeah, i really liked his traversal once i got the hang of it him and the shark guy who's I've, king king, king shark yeah those two are the ones that look the most fun to me yeah eventually um, i did get the hang of captain boomerang and i really really enjoyed his um his traversal mechanics and his just kind of his overall weapons and he's also very fun from a personality perspective because he's just kind of like the the vulgar member of this ridiculous team. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny, like when they emerge out of the hall of justice and like, they all have different reactions to what they're seeing. Cause they didn't get a briefing on it. They're just like, Oh yeah, you're going to go here. There's some stuff going down in metropolis. Your missions to do what we tell you, or we blow your head up. And like captain boomerang just starts panicking of like, what did you send us into? Like this, this is unbelievable. Like what, what, what you're expecting us to do. And Harley is just like, excited about it and then like king shark's just kind of standing there like looking out like completely stoic and like uh like i'm a shark yeah exactly and then (laughs) dead shots like very mission driven because you know he's a he's a badass mercenary so he's just like all right well i guess it's the mission so we got to do it (laughs) but the um, expectation that you're because like something i haven't quite grasped is am i supposed to pick one of these characters and kind of stick with them to build up my skills with them and their skill tree and my loot, or is the game forcing you to swap between them? Um, Cause like something I didn't like in Gotham Knights was having to swap between them and not, and not being super clear. And again, I'm not super clear on this game either. It seems like you can play whatever character you want, whenever you want. It does not seem like there are mission specific or character specific missions. It seems as though if you just want to play Harley Quinn the entire time, you can. And you can even do multiples of characters if you're playing multiplayer. So like if three people want to be uh deadshot, you can do that. It does give you bonus experience and uh, other bonuses. If you have character variety, I noticed that was on like, cause at the end of every mission, it gives you like a, a mission wrap up that tells you like all the stuff you got, all the, like some of the loot that you got, the, the experience, like kind of like an itemized receipt of your experience. And then also, um, it tells you which player did the best. And there's always kind of like a little like screen of them, like mocking you for like, they're the best and you're not. 
um, which is, you know, again, very in tone with it. Um, and you can send taunts to your friends online and everything. So they, they're definitely leaning into like just kind of the the overall tone that we've come to expect from Suicide Squad, while also not feeling like just an outright ripoff the way that like kind of the Avengers game did, where it was like, okay, this looks like Dollar General Tony Stark and like, you know, knockoff uh, Black Widow. They kind of did a thing where it's like, yeah, these are definitely these characters, but like they are definitely Rocksteady's own version of them. Yeah. I mean, it helps that they're already in a established video game version of the DC universe with the, the Arkham stuff. Um, did you get a sense at all from playing or from talking to Rocksteady, like how live servicey this game is? That's another thing I'm still not clear on. And I think a lot of fans maybe are like either unclear or maybe blowing it to like a larger proportion that it is. Cause they've only said that it would have a battle pass with optional cosmetics and that it would be always online. But other than that, they haven't really talked about like, are they doing like destiny style live events of things showing up in the world every like, like hour or something like that. Or like, is there a sense of like what the end game looks like of like, okay, we killed the justice league. Why should I keep playing? Why am I still in Metropolis doing stuff? You know what I mean? Uh, So, I mean, I don't know what the end game is obviously, but like they are going to be doing post launch free content drops. And I mean, I I hesitate to make this comparison because it immediately has a very negative connotation, but their plan sounds very in line with like what Crystal Dynamics was promising with the Avengers game, where they're like, we're what I want to (laughs) hear, where they're saying like, you know, post launch, there are going to be cosmetics that you can buy if you want, but we're going to put out new playable characters. And alongside that is going to come new story content. And basically the story content is going to be like, all right, we got to go recruit this guy or this girl to be on our team. And then, you know, once you recruit them, they will be on your team and they will be added as a playable character to your roster is how they described it to me. That is just straight up Avengers. (laughs) But as far as the monetization is concerned, it sounds like it's purely the cosmetic angle. So if you don't care that much about it, and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of skins you can unlock just from playing, um, then it doesn't sound like it's going to be like, all right, monetization up the wazoo or anything. I hope they've got a better roadmap for that stuff because they obviously have the perfect example to look at and say like, well, let's not do that. Like, don't don't announce Peacemaker and be like, he's a PS5 exclusive. The thing that they, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, they can't do that. Um, I'm, but Peacemaker would make sense, right? Because he's already coming to Mortal Kombat 1 and he's, because of his show is already an extremely popular character within Suicide Squad that a lot of people in the mainstream just didn't know who he was prior to what 2021. Yeah, 22. I guess 2020 is when Suicide Squad came out, and then 2021 is when the movie came out or the series. But whatever, it's, it's maybe I have my timeline mixed up there. But anyway, I hope they learned the lessons there. I tried to dig into what lessons they did learn from other superhero games, and they were very hesitant to talk bad about another game um so they unfortunately did not dig into like oh yeah we've seen other games try the live service thing and we've learned the lesson but like rocksteady is a good studio i know a lot of people have left the studio but it's safe to say that that studio has not let us down yet i know some people were disappointed by arkham knight but like that studio hasn't given us an outright stinker yet so i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt i'm not the biggest fan of some elements but like I liked it more than I thought I was going to going in. 
And, you know, I think that I was also pleasantly surprised by the lack of glitches or anything like that in the build that I played. And I think that's the number one thing that hindered Avengers when it came out was it was, you know, very, very glitchy, especially in the multiplayer side. And I think that that was ultimately, if I recall correctly, that was what led Crystal Dynamics to delay its first content was like saying like, okay, we need to focus on getting this game working the way we want it to work instead of putting out new content. And I think that was the right call, but it it also like doomed them for like letting the player base fall off. And I think that the way that they are positioning it as like you play the same content, whether you're playing single player or multiplayer. And if you want, you can play the entire thing. Single player is a smarter approach than what happened in Avengers, where it was like, okay, if you want to play single player, we had this whole story for you that a lot of people just played that. And they're like, okay, I'm good. I don't need to play this multiplayer at all. Whereas this, it's like, okay, you can play the multiplayer if you want, or you can just enjoy it in single player. And that's probably what I'll end up doing most of the time. Like, I had a good time with the multiplayer, but like, I don't know, like I, most games that I play these days, because I'm just like, not on the schedule of so many of my friends, it's like, I'm just playing single player anyway. So like, even if I'm playing like Overwatch these days, it's like, I'm jumping in just like doing random matchmaking and turning off party chat. So I think that that's ultimately how I'm going to end up playing it. And that'll allow me to tack things on my own time. But like, it seems like a perfectly solid multiplayer experience if that's what you want to do. Um, well, th- this is my make or break for whether or not I will even consider playing this game multiplayer is if I play with friends, do I retain story progress? Like we do stuff together and I say, all right, I'm going back to my, do I, you know, <clears throat> do I have to do missions over again or? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, it, that's also a make or break for me. I remember, what was it, like Far Cry 4 or something where it's like, yeah, you can go in and play. And it's like, I, I think I was helping whoever was reviewing that for us out. And I played for like two hours and I went back to my own save file and I was like, wait a second. I <laughs> I did this two hours ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have to imagine that it's going to be in the instance of whoever's hosting. But I, I got, I have no information on that. So I, I would only be speculating. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I've been cautiously optimistic since we found out like, like a better idea about what the game would be. Just because again, I love Rocksteady too. I'm like, I'm most excited, honestly, for the narrative stuff. Like, I want to see what post Arkham Knight, uh, like DC and or their version of DC looks like. Especially hearing that they're acknowledging the true ending of of Arkham Knight, and that's such a weird place. Like, just the idea of like, okay, the Justice League formed. After that, like, that's just such a weird idea in my head of like that Batman joins the Justice League. Like, he wasn't already there before. Um, I I don't know. I just want to see what they do with that and what they do with those versions of those characters and, and where the story goes just again. Because they've one of the things I admire about what they've done with Batman is the wild swings they took with that character. And they weren't afraid to do some pretty like big things to establish characters. Uh so like honestly, I was like, I just like I even if the shooting is or like the moment to moment gameplay is just like fine. Like I think wanting to see the story will be enough to propel me through it. But obviously I hope that the everything else around it winds up being better than I don't know, maybe some people expect or or think it will be. Yeah, and it's also I like that like when the the Justice League is captured by Brainiac and, and Brainwashed, they seemingly retain all of their personality traits, but they're just like them on Brainiac's team. So it's not just like a, 
a husk floating through the air as Superman. It's like, no, like when you're fighting the Flash, these are all things that the Flash would say if he was feeling normal. But he's just like, you know, Team Brainiac 100%. So it's like, you know, you're still like fighting the Flash, but he's saying and like, same thing with like Batman. Like you hear like Batman like barking orders because there's like a part where like you can intercept like radio transmissions and you hear him like talking and it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely like the Batman that we know. But like he's doing stuff that Batman would never do. So yeah. Killed like five guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... There's some things you've said today that I'm like, mm. and then other parts, I don't know. I, I'm still excited to play, um, but I, I do think it's super helpful for uh, for for the us three on the call and also all the listeners. I think the fact that you were able to get you know several hours worth um, of play time is is pretty cool. Yeah, I can't believe it's um, so close too. Yeah, I yeah. know. I I almost wish it was another month out just because playing it and talking about it and like going back to the Arkhamverse really makes me want to replay all of those games because I want to like, you do not have time. I do not have time. No, maybe I could get through Arkham Asylum, but that would be about it. But yeah, like, I don't know. I love those games so much and I'm with you. Like, I think that I'm, I'm most excited to like explore this universe again and like see it from a completely different angle. You know, you're not the Cape Crusader. You're one of four convicts who were, put in Arkham Asylum and and uh, now you're escaping with a bomb in your head. So it's like a completely different viewpoint and you're fighting heroes who have fallen from grace thanks to a brainwashing alien. So it's like a completely different universe that takes place in Arkham Universe, right? Like it's it's not like the yeah, Arkham... It's, not, it's definitely not the state of the Arkhamverse as we left it when Arkham Knight concluded, which is why I'm very yeah. excited because it's like, all right, some stuff has gone down and I'm excited. It's like almost like when Pokemon gold and silver wrapped up and you went back to Kanto and you're like, all right, all right. That volcano erupted and destroyed like Cinnabar Island. Like, yeah. All right. Let, yeah. Let's see what else has happened in this world. Let's see what like hundreds of people died on that Island. Wow. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's stuff like that where I'm really excited to see, like learn more about the state of this world in the, the, the passage of time. Yeah. And I mean, that's what rock said. He's good at is that world building that environmental, uh, storytelling and, and, and showcasing. Um, all right. Well, I I, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, Brian. I know you've got to go. If folks want to bug you on social media with any questions, uh, you can you can reach out to Brian at Brian P. Shea uh, on Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. Brian had to step away, but uh, Marcus and Wes are still here, and we're going to be diving into Wesley's Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown review. Uh, heads up, he gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Damn. Very high score from, from Wes. Yeah, my second 9.5. So technically my highest score I've given a GI. Uh, Liza P., also got that score, which um, if you know, I'm a big, big proponent of the P community. Um, mm-hmm. Liza P yeah. is kind of my jam. So giving yeah. this a 9.5 is a big deal for me. Yeah. Another P game. The yeah. Prince, Prince of, of P. Persia. Yeah. yeah, Prince of I'm P. A, I'm a big fan of these P's. Yeah. It's, it's, or is he the P of Persia? Well, you actually, you don't even play as the Prince. Uh, coincidentally. Yeah, true. So, um, you play as Sargon, right? Yeah. 
um, looking for Prince Gasson. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, run us through uh, how the game is, Wes. What, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, so I I start my review off with a line that I'm very happy uh, got kept, like, because I wasn't sure if it was going to be, which is the Prince of Persia series has a long and storied history going back decades, and I know none of it because I have not played Prince of Persia really at all. I think I played a PSP Prince of Persia maybe because I have distant memories of a UMD with something of Prince of Persia on it, but I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Um, so this was kind of my first foray into Prince of Persia. And if it's any indication of what this series is, I uh, deeply regret not playing this uh, series sooner because, man, Lost Crown is so, so good. Um, I don't know, Wes. That seemed like a really long uh, <laughs> run-on sentence. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, uh, yeah. That's um, it's. We're still going. I might have some periods in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're yeah. still we're still going through edits. You know, this is a couple us series. in there. You can maybe <laughs> get rid of in the text version. I um, I I text to speech all my reviews. So, um, oh yeah, that's yeah. for Brian, our reviews editor, to fix, of course. Uh, mm, yes, but yeah. So this is uh, a Metroidvania 2D take on Prince of Persia, which, from what I can gather, is kind of where the series started. Was at least 2D, and I, I, it wasn't even really on my radar. I know Alex that you came out of uh, SGF last year, really stoked about this game, and Kyle did a recent preview, and he was like, "I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm, I'm upset that I have to put this down." But for some reason, I was still just like, eh, "I don't know." Like I've, I've seen trailers. Like it looks. It's fine. It's like a 2D Prince of Persia game, whatever. And then like, sure enough, that first day that I got it, I played for like three to four hours straight. And I was like, I tell you what, the boys were right. This is this game. <laughs> ass. Um, and yeah, fast forward like a couple days and I'm rolling credits because I this was a game that I would I'm playing during work hours. I get off work and I keep wanting to play. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm playing till literally like 2 30, 3 30 a.m. at night. This past weekend was a very late weekend because I could not put this game down. Um, so basically, uh, you're not the Prince of Persia, which I think is either the first time in the series or a rarity at least because you typically play as the yeah. prince. Um, but no, you play as Sargon. He's one of seven immortal warriors who basically are like these superhero-esque figures that protect uh, Persia and its queen and the Prince of Persia, which is uh, Prince Ghassan. Mm. Yeah. He's kidnapped. Not actually immortal, though. No, not even. That's just what they call themselves. Yeah, very. Uh, yeah. They're they're a humble group, of course. Yes, it's like the movies. They should be called Mission Possible because they're <laughs> yes. never impossible. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, I need to watch that. Little things like that still. bug me, you know. Yeah, uh, we just call to... yourself mortals, not immortals. I mean, it's less... you can die. I mean, you don't want to share your weakness as your name. Like Superman doesn't call himself Kryptonite Man. <laughs> Batman. I feel like. Just, I mean. Right there. I feel like that makes them tougher, though. It's like we we're wearing our weakness on our sleeves, and we're still gonna kick your ass. Yeah, I respect uh, that. Okay. Batman, that's like what if, Batman if does. Super, if, yeah, if Superman flew around with like a "I hate kryptonite" T-shirt <laughs> and was like killing dudes despite getting hit by kryptonite. Yeah, Batman says like a good bullet will put me down, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one single bullet in the right spot. Yeah, um, but yeah, Prince Kassan is kidnapped, and the immortals are sent to uh, Mount Kof, QAF, I believe it's Kof, and they have to uh, basically go and find the prince. And what entails is for me a twenty-one hour uh, fantastic Metroidvania adventure, where you are. Um, I don't know. It's kind of doing all the, the the typical Metroidvania things, but super, super well. There's the progression of mechanics and combat and abilities and 
you're finding new things and you're seeing this chamber you can't go into because you probably don't have a double jump that hopefully you get later. Um, like it's all there and the formula works really well. Uh, but for me, the thing that I get out of Metroidvania is, is a lot of fun and fascinating exploration and platforming. And usually the combat kind of falls to the wayside a bit for me. Not that it's bad, but like I'm always left wanting more out of combat. And I think that's yeah. one of the parts where Lost Crown really succeeds is this combat is so good. Um, from the rip, it's a very parry-centric uh, type of combat system. And I love a good parry in the video games. And, and this one has a great parry. Um, but like what starts is simple, you know, uh, a couple hits here and there and a parry so that you don't die. Throughout the entire game, like all the way to the end, you're picking up new mechanics and mastering advanced combos. And oh, now you've got a bow and arrow that you can shoot halfway through your combo to extend it and turn what is three hits into six and so on. Um, and it's just something that I I fell in love with. And um, yeah, it kind of continued to the end. I ne- it never really let up for me. Yeah, it's very, because um, I've put a lot of time into this game too, and I, I too am loving it. It, like the combat is very almost fighting game like in terms yeah. of the the nuance that it has. Like you mentioned, like learning how to extend your combos and use your weapons and in ways where you maintain your momentum. Because you can air juggle people and like if you know how to combine your abilities, you they will never hit the ground. Like you can yeah. actually keep yeah. lifting them higher, which is actually great because the enemies in this game are like tough, which mm-hmm. is another surprise. Or like, oh yeah, like. I've died so many times in the game and the enemies hit hard and it's almost like souls like in the sense of like a regular enemy will absolutely eviscerate you <laughs> if yeah. you don't take it seriously. And there's like timing with your hits too. I don't know if you've unlocked it yet, but there's an amulet that I got that I would highly recommend upgrading when you get it, but it makes it so you can extend your combo from three to four, upgrade it yeah. to four to five, upgrade it from five to six. But to extend that combo on your third hit, you have to hit a button a fourth time to like unlock the fourth hit and then it keeps going from there. So you can't even like button mash your way through it. Kind of speaking to your fighting game uh, analogy, like, yeah, you really need to get good at um, timing and figuring out, okay, don't hit now, dodge, uh, parry. Uh, it's awesome. It's it's so good. Yeah, it's, um, and I also recommend like, there's a character you meet early on who's pretty much like teaches you like tutorials for each sort of mechanic. And he's optional. And like, I feel like that character in a lot of games, it's easy to sort of like wave them off. Like, yeah, I'll figure it out on my own. enemy Because it's just like, oh, take basically classes where he'll teach you how to do stuff. I honestly think everyone should talk to this guy because he's taught me. He teaches so many like mechanics that the game does not teach you of like, hey, you have a bow. You have a bow and arrow, but you can also throw the bow like a, a boomerang. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. But then he teaches like, hey, did you know that you can parry? that boomerang when it comes back to you and you can keep parrying it. So you're sending it back to the opponent constantly. As long as you parry it's like, I didn't even consider doing that. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that was a possibility. And then you're like, Oh, well now I'm going to do this all the time. And like, what else can I use my, cause you're unlocking like different traversal abilities too, that okay. I won't spoil, yeah, like, but they're, yeah. Yeah. Was, and you're like, okay, you think about using it just for like the base purpose of like, you see it used in one puzzle. You're like, okay, any situation like that, I guess that's what this is for. But then that guy will be like, oh, you know, you can use this in combat, right? And you're like, how? And he's like, you know, like, like one of them's like a tell, basically like a teleport move or like you can make a copy of yourself. And he's like, you know, if you charge your attack and then made a copy and then attack did another charge attack, you can undo two charge attacks because you'll do yours and then you'll do the charge attack from the copy of yourself that you stored. And you're like, 
no, I I didn't think that was. And a you thing. wouldn't you wouldn't know to do that at all. <laughs> like it's a pretty advanced uh, like combo. And um, yeah. when you're doing the tutorials, it has um, was it it might have been Street Fighter last year that did this. I forget, but it puts the moves in order that you need to do on the side of the screen. Yeah. And as you complete them, it like highlights green, green. Oh, nope, you didn't do it fast enough. So you got to restart the combo. Um, so yeah. it's like, it's not just showing you the move. It's like making sure you understand the timing and exactly how to use it and in what situation. Um, yeah. And then if like, if you're still like, I don't want to do any tutorials, you also get currency from doing it. And yeah, you get um, paid pretty well, actually. For yeah. It. And currency is not super abundant in the game. Once you get to like towards the end where you're, Upgrading your health costs like 4,000 of whatever the shards are. Um, so like, even if you're someone who doesn't think they need a tutorial, it's worth checking out, at least for the currency. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of uh, something, uh, speaking of combat, the the boss fights, I don't know how many you guys have done, but there's like a good handful of them and they are extremely tough. And something yeah. I like a lot about them is that they are almost like skill checks for what you've learned so far, um, like in Sargon's toolkit. Uh, you can't like, hmm, I don't want to spoil like abilities or anything, but basically to defeat a boss, it is aware that, okay, to get to me, you have gotten this ability, you have this ability, and you can probably do this and this as well. And I'm going to do certain moves that force you to dodge out of the way using this one special technique, or you can only attack me using this one special technique. And it's really cool because I'm I, you know, first fight, I'm just kind of getting my grip on the boss and I'm attacking when I can, not really having a strategy. And then as you're watching the fight play out, I'm like, oh, I need to be doing this at this moment. I, it's forcing me to use these different techniques where it's almost like a dance. Um, it's like, a, I don't know, any game where you have to learn a boss, but instead of just learning how to dodge or, or, or counter, you're having to use like your entire arsenal of um, abilities, which I really, really like because... Uh, I'm the kind of person who will just default to having high health and attacking as often as possible, as opposed to like using my different techniques. Yeah. And you can also like, you can almost make like builds based on like your, your own amulets. sort of like play style because of your amulet. So like I parry a lot. So it's like, Oh, I'm going to put on like mostly counter like amulets. I'm like, okay, now I've got this amulet where every time I parry, I get a little bit of the, the energy meter that you use for your special moves. Like it replenishes a little bit of that. And then also one where like, oh, if I parry, it creates this time bubble where like anyone in that bubble, it like slows down time because, you know, surprise, time manipulation is a big thing in, in a Prince of Persia game, including this one. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, OK, like I, I'm going to maybe do that. And so like I have a lot of amulets now and you can kind of see like and there's some times where I've mixed and matched, uh, you know, depending on the situation of like, OK, I'm going into this area with these kind of enemies. I think this amulet would be better for that. Uh, so even then, like there's a lot of sort of like depth in terms of like how you can build sargon there's some that are like very I, there's some that i kept on the entire time like one of the parry ones you mentioned i had on pretty much my entire experience but there's other ones where you know i start i'm in a new biome and one of the first hidden items i find is an amulet that like increases frost resistance and i'm like okay well i've not even i didn't even know that frost was a thing i haven't encountered any frost or frozen and then sure enough like two minutes later I'm fighting an enemy that can freeze me to death and it's, or not freeze me to death, but freeze me and then attack me while I'm frozen. And I'm like, okay, I see what is happening here. Um, and yeah. so you'll, you'll find yourself switching your amulets like throughout each biome to kind of match a build to that biome, uh, which is cool. Cause I am also the type of person who probably wouldn't do that if I wasn't pushed to do it. I kind of stick to what loot I have and get comfortable with um, yeah. as opposed to like creating a build. 
and and notably, I don't I don't know where you guys are playing this, but on PS5, the entire thing is is 4K 120 frames per second, which is like I, I it's just unreal. Um for a fast-paced Metroidvania like this where I'm constantly moving like nonstop, that's what this game is all about. I struggle to take screenshots for my review because you're just moving all the time. Um, it is so buttery smooth, and I didn't encounter any bugs or any frame drops or anything like that. So I would encourage people to play it wherever you can. Yeah, I'm on Xbox. I assume it's comparable there. Um, yeah, yeah, they um, uh, there's a pa- I think I think it is the same. Uh, I think there's a patch coming out to like do something. I don't know something like that. But yes, it is also 4K 120, and even Switch is 60 frames per second, which is pretty impressive. Oh, uh, because yeah. uh, Nintendo's own first party games sometimes struggle to even get to 30 consistently um so yeah uh very great uh and then on the other side of of the lost crown formula is the exploration and um we've kind of touched on it but a lot of the abilities you get are both like combat abilities and abilities that you will use um while exploring mount cough and uh the puzzles in the game like the platforming puzzles are so fun and also very challenging. There are times where to get like a hidden currency at the end of this hallway, I have to like use everything in my arsenal to not touch the ground. And it's like a 30 second platforming segment where I am not touching anything. I'm just like dash, double jump, grapple, dash. Like, And if you mess up, you get sent right back to the bit, uh, beginning instantly. It reminds me nice. of like Celeste, yes. which I loved. Yes. Yeah. I've, really uh, intense platforming. I was just talking about this game on All Things Intended with Brian, um, and I, I had mentioned Celeste because I know Super Meat Boy did it first, but Celeste was the one for me where Metroidvania, you die and you're instantly reset. And now I don't ever want to play a Metroidvania like that where I have to like load because it's just humiliating. Um, and Lost Crown is great about that. So I, I was rarely frustrated with dying because it's I'm right back into the action. I know exactly what I did wrong. And it is like that trial and error type of thing where oh, okay, I got farther. Oh, boom, you just got hit by some spikes. Okay, now I know when those spikes come, I need to double jump over them. Yeah, which that's is honestly, something. I mean, that's classic Prince of Persia is those like platforming gauntlets. <laughs> like, yes. okay, like you, you're going to, yeah. you see the path ahead, like there's all these weird traps and spinning spikes and you got poles that you got to swing on and then walls you got to run. You're like, okay, I think I see what I have to do here and you just have to pull it off in like split seconds as you're jumping through and then something comes out of nowhere and you're like, okay, I think it can hit that platform. And it's like, as a big Prince of Persia fan, seeing the platforming um, mechanics from the Sands of Time games and I, you know, like the more 3D games of like, oh yeah, like it's, you're sliding down walls to like, you know, to try to sort of like control your descent and you're doing the pole, uh, the pole swinging and like so much of the animation is taken from those like, Sands of Time games, but just sort of like repurposed in 3D. So it's sort of a almost like a fun nod to that lineage, just seeing it here. And I could even feel some of my like dormant Prince of Persia like platforming behaviors reemerge here. Of like, okay, like this behaves the same way, this kind of jump. I just have to do it in like a 2D space, but I've I've done this before, and this is kind of cool. And like combined with the traversal ability ability, some of which are like some like, I mean, there's like a dash you get that's like straight up Mega Man X, so like an air dash, and you're like, oh, okay. And I've always loved, like, I, I I don't know if Mega Man X is the first one to do it, but it's the first game I ever played that had an air dash. And like, I'm a sucker for that in any Metroidvania. So like having that combined with like the existing fun, like toolkit of the Prince platforming, I'm like, yes, 
yes, these are two of my favorite <laughs> styles of platforming. <laughs> Every time I got a new, um, they're called time powers, which are like the big like game changing abilities. It, uh, the the Metroidvania like Eureka moment is so good. Like when you unlock a dash or the double jump, and you're like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to go to there, or that's why I couldn't do this earlier. It's just. Every single one of the powers is like an awesome boon um, to like Sargon's move set. Uh, yeah. And, you feel and by cool the doing so much in this yes. game, like yeah. every time you jump around and do like anything, like I've noticed that even the animation accounts for you the way you would change directions on a dime in a way yeah. that other games don't. Where like there's times where like I'm gonna jump forward and then I cancel and I'm gonna jump back. And there's an animation for that. It's not like the jarring, like, okay, now I'm just going back and there's no, like, it's just like yeah. a quick frame. But like, yeah, he like backflips, like he front flips, yeah. depending on how you pushed the stick, like when you're moving, it's, there's a, like you can, if you dash and then press a certain button, like he'll kick after his dash. Like it's, there's so, it's, yeah, like it like makes these, it look purposeful of like, oh, I was making an adjustment, but it almost looks like he did that like he planned yeah. to do that so like you fake out an opponent or you're just like nope i'm not gonna get hit by that thing that suddenly popped up that i saw coming and like that has added a layer of coolness on top of like oh i'm so glad i just pulled that off but also like oh it like it looks as cool as it, it feels in my head yeah something really cool that i like too is every ability is mapped there's not many but every ability is like mapped to a different button on the controller so it's not like um uh, what's an example? Like Spider-Man 2, for example, where you're like holding one button to unlock four options and then you press a button. Um, right. And what's really cool about that in a game where you're just constantly moving like this is like you'll be doing a platforming segment that's like 30 seconds long and you're like X, X, L1, R3, L3, R2, L1, X, square. And it's like, you just feel like a like a little god on a controller. It's like, <laughs> I it feels so good and to finally like, okay, you did it. You hit every button in sequence perfectly. And because it's all in their own individual buttons, you're never like breaking up the pacing or the flow of his movements, um, which just gives this entire game like this incredible speed. Like it's um, Disney Illusion Island last year did the same thing. Uh, like I, I get the sense that you could just play this game and go from like the the start of it to the end of it without stopping if you were good enough. Like you can, it, it just gives you that free flowing like ability and it's so fun. It's hard to put down. Yeah, it's, I mean, I always think of like, I think Giant Bomb always has like a category for the game of the years of like it's like best getting around or, or best locomotion. I feel like this game yeah. is already like an early yeah. contender for that because like just moving from point A to point B feels so good in these games, which is again, that was always a hallmark from Prince of Persia from the beginning, whether it was the original game that was, you know, hailed for like how realistic the animations were because of the rotoscoping versus the Santa Time trilogy, which revolutionized 3D platforming at the time. And now this of like this might be one of the slickest, if not the slickest, like 2D Metroidvania I've ever played, just from like a platforming and, and movement perspective. And also, yeah, even I wanna, a, even against something like Will of the Wisps. I oh, play that. for me, yeah, that's actually the game that I was thinking. The Ori games is what I, was I feel like. That's the about. standard. Oh, you're talking about Ori. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> you just said Will of the, the Wisps. The second Ori game, I feel like, is yeah. currently like my standard for like. A 2D Metroidvania. That's that's I, fair too. That's that's stiff competition. The Ori games. I. I. That's good. Okay. That's a game I thought a lot about while playing this, and I think Lost Crown might be my new standard, specifically because of how much I enjoyed the combat. I think Ori's locomotion is like fantastic, but it, its combat wasn't. Its combat was that's great, good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The doors making yeah. weird noises. Um, but like Lost Crown has both of those uh 
on an equal level, like combat and the exploration are nailing it. And uh, I, in my review, I mean, I straight up call it like in the opening paragraph, like I think Lost Crown is going to be a new Metroidvania classic. Um, it's it's yeah. modern. It feels great. Um, my biggest issue with it is the story is not like super compelling to me. Um, it's a good story. And there are twists and turns that genuinely surprised me. But um, did you find out they're actually mortal and not immortal? <laughs> yeah. Twist? yeah, it was uh, really yeah. heartbreaking for me to find out that <laughs> this guy's heart could stop moving or stop beating. Turns out he's mortal. Wow. Um, but no, like I just the reason I was moving through the game was because like I had an objective in the corner that was like, go here. And it wasn't because I was like, I didn't really have a grasp on why I was doing things. Like I was just like, okay, yeah. I'm going here because that's what this game is telling me to do. I didn't necessarily feel super compelled to do that. Since we were talking about exploration, um, one thing this game does that I'm always amazed that all modern Metroidvanias don't do is that, okay. <laughs> so quick. The National Weather Service was telling my uh, like little camera on the door that there's a storm, as if I didn't know there's a storm outside my window. And as if you didn't have windows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. The, um, uh, sorry, what I was saying, this game does uh, something that I have always loved for Metroidvanias that do do it is that you have the ability to mark things on the map. Like you can place pens of different sort of like symbols to indicate like, okay, I found like an obstacle here that I can't, you know, pass mm-hmm. yet, but I don't want to forget that. So, you know, I'm going to put that here. And there are some games that the game automatically marks for you, but there's a lot of stuff that you'll just find incidentally. They're like, okay, clearly I need some sort of like double jump or, or there's, there's like a boss here that I can't yeah. get past. So I'm going to put a mark here. You need that journal. Yeah, that journal side to like take notes. But this game also does something I haven't seen in these where they, you can literally just take screenshots basically of like yeah, the area itself. Like shards. you just yeah, memory shards. And you literally just hit like down the D-pad and it takes a screenshot of of the screen and then pins it there so that if you you can see exactly what it is that you're like, okay, what what was the problem here? And you just hover over and you're like, oh right, like, oh, there's a yeah, chest up visual. there. That's right. Okay. So it's like you don't have to remember to because even sometimes when you leave a pen, you're like, what did that pen represent exactly? Yeah, because <laughs> you know? it, ha- it has pins with like mar- it reminds me of Tears of the Kingdom's pins, like not the colored ones, but like the ones with the chest on it or a skull. And I was yeah. using those to be like, okay, I, I died here or there's a chest I can't get. But the memory shards allow you to just straight up see like, oh yeah, that's that puzzle with the pink gem that I couldn't figure out, and now I've got this ability. I think that's what's going to help me to do it. Yeah, because sometimes pens aren't representative of everything you're like what's the best pen for this weird thing that i just found it's not really a boss but it's i don't know what to put i'll put the closest thing i guess and then in my brain hopefully i'll translate it to that hours later when i can get to it it's such a no-brainer like feature that it's like surprising that 2024 is the year that it's it's happening in metroidvanias i'm sure there's games who have done something like this before but not that i've played and now moving forward like I need Metroidvanias and really any type of game where you're collecting a bunch to have a memory shard alongside the pins because it's such a nice, uh, it's just, it's great. It's a nice quality of life feature. Yeah. And it doesn't um, like make the game easier of like, I've already done the work of like, I found this already. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like, yeah, I just need to remember that I need to come back here later, you know, and the map is so yeah. big that I don't have time to be running around to every like, could I because you know you run back and you go like oh I can't come here still like I got a new thing but the new thing still doesn't help so I guess I'll come back later and you just waste a bunch of time going back to it in Uh, a lot of games your only marker for that would be okay I didn't uncover the map here so I must have gotten blocked by something 
Whereas now you can be like, oh, it's because I didn't, I wasn't able to jump far enough. And now I have an ability that lets me jump far enough so I can go back to there. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, real quick, I just want to say that I think it's cool that this game is continuing Ubisoft's like recent tradition of having a guided mode and an exploration mode. Where if yeah. You, or like, yeah, like if you, because the game asks you in the beginning which one you want. And guided mode is more or less the default mode or like, or like default of like a Metroidvania. We're like, yeah, the main objective will be indicated so you know if you ever want to chase that you know where it is and like other like things on the map will be automatically highlighted but if you want to go in completely blind and just i guess almost play like a super old school metrovania like you got to see you got to see it to market you can play an exploration mode and then you're completely basically on your own <laughs> yeah it's um so. yeah they do that in like everything avatar did it assassin's creed yeah. i think started it um it's it's really cool i forget which mode i played on but um, I'm playing on guided just because it's like Metrovania is like they're again for the same reason. Yeah. Like, okay, I if I found it already, then just mark it. I don't want to yeah. have to do the guessing yeah. work of like <laughs> do it. Can I go here now? <laughs> yeah. In terms of like other options, I want to touch on the accessibility options in the game because it has a pretty robust suite, especially for the Metroidvania genre, which I feel like sometimes doesn't really have much uh, thought put into those types of options. Um, but like you can you can do a lot. You can adjust the parry window. Uh, both ways. If you want it to be easier to parry, you can do that. If you want it to be harder, you can do that. You can adjust how much damage you take on hits, how much damage enemies take. And there's even portals. There's even an option to put portals at platforming sections that when turned on, you just walk through the portal and it takes you to the other end of the platforming section. So like if the platforming is, is if it's too difficult for you or you're not, you don't like platforming or it's pissing you off or something, you can just swap that on real quick portal to the end. Same with bosses. Like if you're stuck on a boss and you're like, I'm not going, I don't care to learn this. Like, let me just make it easy. Give them a couple hits. Like you can do that. And there's a lot more too. Um, so like definitely check out the uh, accessibility options in the game because they do, uh, there's a lot. And it's it's really cool to see in a Metroidvania. Because I think it is one of the more difficult genres out there. And I think a lot of people might want to experience it because it's a really popular genre, but there might be barriers in the way. Like it's, the platforming is too difficult or, the combat might be too challenging or too too timely based and you want something that's like not so reliant on time um and it's cool to see lost crown and ubisoft montpellier montpellier address that with their options um yeah it's the rayman studio oh is it yeah that yeah. The, checks out the, the, the so modern much. rayman games yeah so like in yeah. terms of like smooth as butter platforming they Dang. they they know what they're doing i never should have doubted this game then because that yeah that studio rocks that's awesome yeah I'm I'm so happy that this game is as good as it is. Like I feel like this series needed a win like this because yeah. of how long it's been, and also just all the 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 weirdness with the Sands of Time remake and not really yeah. knowing what the status of that is. Uh, it's been over still. a decade since like a big release of the. I think there's been like mobile things like Prince of Persia Escape Two. I think is like an endless runner or something on mobile, but like the last big release was over a decade ago. Yeah, Forgotten Sands, which was a not a movie tie-in, but it released to coincide yeah. with the the Jake Gyllenhaal movie in 2010. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, I also learned because uh, I did a lot of research into Prince of Persia after this review because I I like this franchise a lot now. Um, it's not a, it's not like it's a Ubisoft series, but it started like in 1989. 
Yeah, um, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, it's like a 30 decade series, which kind of blew that's my why mind. I've been, that's yeah. why I've been annoyed with people online looking at this game and saying, I can't believe they turned this into 2D, a 2D side scroller. That's not what Prince of Persia is. And it's like, okay, clearly you jumped into the series with the Sands of Time trilogy because yeah. yeah. it, it started as a 2D side scroller. Rotoscope, pixel art. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, you know, it's not. I mean, I guess it is their fault because it's like just do basic research, but it's like you can see the generational gap there a bit. Yeah. Of like, okay, it's like, mm, mm. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's because I'm playing uh, the making of Karataka right now. So Jordan Mechner, who is the creator of Prince of Persia, yeah, has been on my mind a lot <laughs> in general. So this is kind of coming out at a serendipitous time of like, oh, just your other big franchise, like, you know, Karataka and, and this are all coming out, even though he, Stopped working on the Prince games a long time. Well, he, ago. Um, a long time ago. he consulted yeah. on this, I think. Uh, in Kyle's recent feature, they said that they, um, I don't know the extent of it. It wasn't super clear, but like he, uh, like was not a part of the development, but like consulted and kind of like gave them pointers on bringing back Metro, uh, Prince of Persia to this like 2D, um, space, I think. Yeah. They uh, sat down cool. with his dad at a piano and they were like, <laughs> What are you gonna? What do you? What do you think? Uh, sorry, I'm playing a lot of karateka. <laughs> I have all my in, my Jordan Mechner references right now are him talking to his very sweet dad in front of his piano about video games. That's awesome. That's, awesome. Uh, that's also a good reminder. I need to. I need to check that out. Still, same the making of karateka. But yeah, to, I guess to sum up, the Lost Crown, Prince of Persia, Lost Crown. I gave it a nine point five. Um, my big like thesis statement is like you know. A lot of video games are these story-focused, almost like movie-like cinematic experiences. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown is kind of a good reminder that like video games are games and like gameplay is king when done right. And this is one of those instances where I'm like, yeah, if I, I can't take getting my hand off the controller is tough with Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. It's um, it is just a sublime game to actually play. Uh, and it's worth your time if you're interested in Prince of Persia, if you're interest, interested in Metroidvanias, if you're interested in anything it's doing, definitely check it out. I think you'll have a good time. Kicking the year off strong. Yeah. And now yeah. we uh, have <laughs> yeah. very slow 2024. Nothing coming out anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Is this our game of the year so far? I think I so, think yeah. we. I think it, yeah. yeah I think it's, it's my personal by game default, of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the hi-fi so. rush of 2024. I mean, I haven't even started it, but I haven't played another new game yet. So, <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of old stuff. I've been catching up on uh, the Yakuza storyline. Uh, finished off the story for Yakuza Like a Dragon, as oh. well as Like a Dragon, the man who erases name. So I'm all ready and prepared for um, for Infinite Wealth. Um, so that's like my my big January game. I think it, it'll probably be Prince of Persia and Infinite Wealth um, once I get a chance to play it. So I'm, I'm really stoked on that. Uh, I've also been playing... A lot of World of Warcraft. Uh, I saw you. Yeah, you're since the break, <laughs> and I've I've convinced. I now have like eight other people making new characters with me. Uh, <laughs> so I was at a cabin over the over New Year's with Stadnik, former host of this show, and uh, him and two of his childhood best friends, who are also two of my good friends now, uh, Joe and Ryan. They were watching me play Season of Discovery, which is like this new mode in World of Warcraft Classic that. Um, flips things on its head and you can have all sorts of like interesting modifiers essentially to uh, classic characters um, like for instance like mages can get like healing spells and become healers or rogues can get new um, 
modifiers that make them into tanks, stuff like that. It's just like kind of like flipping wow on its head. Uh, it's very popular right now. Season of Discovery is what it's called. But anyways, I was playing that uh, while at this cabin um, and they're like, oh, I've always wanted to play WoW. And I was just like, do it. I'll start a new character with you. <laughs> um, and this has evolved into like now there's like a small discord and like there's like eight or nine people who are jumping in. You have a guild. Um, is that what it's called? A guild clan? Not yet, but we will. Oh. Got to come up with a good name. Um the, the, come up with the, the, the wow boys yeah that could be it yeah. don't think it's going to be the marcus so <laughs> do you have any other suggestions that are better than that <laughs> there there used to be uh one of my favorite guilds from back in the day was uh wow i can't believe it's warcraft yeah that's good um i hope you have enough characters for them if they allow that yeah, yeah. um there's a lot of stuff that actually is maybe not not appropriate to say on the show, but like good <laughs> puns with like PvP, like PvPness stuff like that. Lies um, of PvP. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, um, I'd play World of Warcraft if that was my guild name. So there's a there's a um, there's a a place in the game called Booty Bay. Really. And I think. Yep. And I think one of my favorite guild names that I came up with. I was I was you know most of the time I just steal another guild that i see on a different server i'm like that's a cool name we don't have one of those on this server i'm gonna be that but uh, one of my og alex van aken originals is booty baywatch Ooh, um, that's good so i might bring that back for <sighs> booty bay sounds like a jessica rabbit style like actress <laughs> like if you spell no it's like ba- pirates like booty bay i know but if you spelled bay like yeah. b-a-e and oh I yeah just, i just yeah. picture like a jessica rabbit looking girl and like being like they call me booty bay <laughs> mm, like, yeah. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> why do they call you that yeah you don't have to answer that because uh, <laughs> i'm on rich this that's why show it's a good year to get into world of warcraft right it sounds like 2024 yeah is... cataclysm is coming back to yeah. classic i don't know i'm gonna dive into because, that like that was the point where it stopped being classic was when cataclysm happened exactly so it's like and you, weird, you can like... opt in you can opt in so the, some servers are going to you know, stay on Wrath of the Lich King or Burning Crusade. You can decide if you want to keep going. Would it bring um, back that panda one that everyone was like? That's mad the one about after the Cataclysm. Lights of Pandaria. Like I don't, I've never played WoW, but I even I know some things just from like cultural osmosis. But I remember when the panda one coming out. That scene. That was the first time I'd heard like the WoW people being like, "What are they doing? What is this?" Like so, like is, has that come around where people went like, "Oh, this wasn't so bad. We we're nostalgic for it now. Let's bring it back." A lot of people tend to like that one now. I think. Um, you know, the one that was really bad was after Pandaria. Like Pandaria was kind of like it's starting to like plateau and go downhill because like it had peaked in in uh, Lich King, okay. Um, which was the second expansion, and then the third was Cataclysm. It's like okay, it's kind of cool that they made the world all different. That's kind of cool, but like the stories, eh, okay. Then we're going to Mists of Pandaria, and then when Warlord of Draenor hits, it's just like going off a cliff. I mean, how do you follow um, pandas? I mean. And that's where they start messing with like the timeline. You're starting to go back in time. The story's not making much sense anymore for new players returning. And then, yeah, it's it's you know it is now a very um, wow. Retail is really cool for like collecting items, like getting new mounts, grinding for for collectibles, uh, PVE, PVP. Really fun. The wow retail storyline um, is is kind of a mess. You have to like 
travel through time to get to certain timelines if you want to play like old stuff um so like if you want like if you're like really nostalgic for like that wow story go play classic you know but like i'm these people are like the people i'm playing with are like just trying to play it casually so i'm gonna guide them through retail and get us ready for the next trilogy which kicks off at the end of this year the war within that's supposed to be coming out later this year so yeah it's, it's a good time to get back into wow um i it's also kind of like my winter game it's just my comfort i mean it's my favorite game it's my comfort game so like i'll just usually in the winter time i get a little sad it's not sunny out anymore it's 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 not minus supposed to be minus 11 next week here you just like you know you, you start to find the things that bring you comfort and, and cling to them and wow you hug your computer because it gets really hot playing wow yeah exactly <laughs> So I've been kind of playing a lot of older stuff too. Like uh, I went back to I downloaded Rainbow Six Siege uh, recently. I just kind of got the the hankering to play some Siege, um, and I've been really enjoying that. So yeah, kind of just like clinging to some comfort games, getting ready for the big slate of releases. I think Yakuza is like the big one. I'm kind of got my eyes on. I want to make this like the year of RPGs for for Alex Van Aken. It's a good I want to play Persona that. Three Reload. I was like, I want to play Metaphor sure. Reventazio. Yeah, can't um, wait for that. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like biding my time till till I get these big games, but uh, having a good time doing so. Um, do you all? Speaking of upcoming games, you all before we end the show last week, we kind of mentioned maybe going through. Uh, last week we went through like the current slate of confirmed releases on our calendar and then uh we were talking about hey maybe next week you know we'll go through uh the two the tba games that are like slated for some time in 2024 and beyond kind of go through the ones that like spike peak our interest that we want to highlight do you guys want to do that real quick yeah so we're starting with the um the tba games that are said to be coming 2024 but don't have dates yeah yeah okay gameinformer.com slash 2024 if you want to follow along at home or just reference it. It's a great page to bookmark because we are always updating it with new release dates and new platforms. I did today. Yeah. See, I do most days, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's typically something to, to, to update. Um, how do we want to do this? I don't think we need to go through every single entry. I guess just call um, it out whatever you see, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. I, I guess we'll start with the A. We'll just go alphabetical order, but. Um, one game that I want more people to know about and to pay attention to in 2024 is Angerfoot. Um, it's developed by Free Lives and published by Devolver Digital. Um, it's sort of a 3D Hotline Miami, um, and like one of the big reasons it's called Angerfoot is like you are a character who loves to kick things and like you are breaching doors. Like imagine like Hotline Miami, right? Like Hotline Miami, you can see the entire map, right? And that's kind of how you plan. And this, your view is obfuscated by walls and doorways and you're in like a building. And so that's kind of like where the challenge lies. It's like, okay, I don't know exactly where these people are in here. So I've kind of got kicked through these doors, kick them down. Um, I, I played the demo of it in a previous Steam Next Fest. Um, really cool, really worth checking out. Um, you might have to like dig for the, the demo, but I know developers can only... They're only able to get on Steam ne- Next Fest one time um, before they launch. Yeah. So they picked one, like, I want to say, like, last summer I played this game. Uh, but it's called Angerfoot. And it's uh, currently slated for PC. I feel like we should highlight Animal Well, um, which is that first game from Big Mode. 
um, which is like Donkey. Yeah. And, yeah. I played that at um, or I can't remember if I played it or watched one play it at the the first Summer Games Fest that you and I went to, Alex. Um, yeah, like it was, it was one of the kiosks there. Yeah, I didn't get to play it. Um, it was this past summer. Yeah. Yeah, or and like I didn't two get summers a ago, to... technically. <laughs> at least the one that I. Oh yeah, because it was the first Summer Games Fest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, that game seemed really cool, and I've that's one I've also had my my eye on, sort of silently admiring from afar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. Uh, Avowed is one I think is a big, maybe the first big. Yeah, one Obsidian. The list. Uh, Obsidian. Yeah. I think they've been on a roll lately. I've been playing a lot of Grounded with my one of my best buds. Oh, yeah, over the last few great. weeks, uh, so I've, I've been on an Obsidian kick. That game is very fun. Um, but like coming off of that and then Pentiment, which I love too, and the Outer Worlds and, and being excited for that sequel, I like. I think they've almost maybe quietly been like on a on a great like run recently <laughs> with their stuff. So I'm, I'm confident this will kind of continue that. I to see them doing what I guess we're all like everyone's kind of assuming or calling their take on Elder Scrolls basically yeah it's first I think person it, fantasy yeah it kind RPG. of is very reminiscent of skyrim yeah um even in like its animations and it's like first person the field of view that you're working with and like the side the relation of like the size of the weapons to the screen and the animations uh it, i think it's very much invoking that yeah that feeling i guess because like outer worlds was their fallout so to speak even though they actually have a fallout to their name but <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah i i mean again if it's any as if it's anywhere near as good as like fallout new vegas or outer worlds which is a game i really enjoyed uh I, i'm super stoked to see more of out which we will be seeing next week in that recently announced the uh, develop yeah. xbox direct that they <laughs> announced so. developer underscore direct yeah what's the underscore for i i thought there was Styling, a typo you know. in the press release but then i saw it over and over and i was like oh i think that's just what they're google really likes choice. underscores it's a big fan of the underscore and seo from what i've heard so oh really um beyond good and I evil think, 20th anniversary edition yeah uh, yeah i'm gonna i've never played beyond good and evil yeah. and i'm excited to see it's why good. people are so rabid for a sequel with that so i don't even know what the game yeah. is like couldn't tell you what the gameplay is gun to my head i know it's like a, there's like a pig i think and like a <laughs> there is a pig yep. yes yeah he's pretty, he's pretty great it's like pictures it's kind of got a zelda-esque structure to it like three Ooh. zelda hmm. styles but uh but it's a very different game beyond that um yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to play it and then after you get the credits uh they play a trailer for beyond good and evil too i'm sure that's what's gonna happen <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I uh we we did skip over one I want to call it baby steps. Yes, so yeah, psyched for that. Yeah. 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 I know we talked about next week, game. But we did. Yeah. Uh, another one uh Big Boy Boxing seems to be like a a callback to Punch-Out. Fun pixel graphics. Really like the character designs they're showing off. What else? Blue Protocol. Boundary is oh. that one. Oh yeah, no 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 no. Blue Protocol is good. Yeah, that's uh, the Amazon that. games. Uh, yeah i've played something? that um yeah i played it at summer game fest uh, they're last publishing summer. or developing that i think they uh published? so it's already been made in the west um or like it's developed by bandai uh, okay okay so they're and amazon is co-publishing alongside bandai gotcha yeah oh yeah so it's an online uh arpg mmo um i've played it i i uh i enjoyed it um it's very much one of it's very much a free to play MMO. 
for better and worse. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. But I did. I, I was really positive. <laughs> I had a good time. I did like a dungeon with, with some folks. Um, and it was cool. I liked it. Okay. There's um real quick the the re-release of Clock Tower that uh Way Forward is putting out. Yeah. But it's 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 the first it's the very first Clock Tower that never came to the West because I think people in America that thought they played Clock Tower one, that was actually Clock Tower two, two in Japan. And we yeah. but this is a Way Forward remaking or re like enhancing Clock Tower one and localizing it for the first time. Which is cool if you're like a survival horror or even just a horror games fan slash historian to get that. Uh, but that's supposed to come out like relatively early this year, so I'm I'm psyched to give that a look. I've I've never played it, so yeah, I want to see what Firewalk Studios is up to. It's the uh, Sony multiplayer studio. They're working on a FPS uh, in Concord. It's supposed to be like a arena yeah. multiplayer shooter, I think. Right? That was announced at like a Sony thing last year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah. Is that one of the like twelve live service games PlayStation's? Yeah, yeah, the on ones that something? haven't gotten canceled recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's now nice. now it's now it's six instead of twelve. I think they yeah. uh, booted it down. Concord survived the culling. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, um, are we gonna say Wes? Uh, Deca Police. Um, yeah. Level five game. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm mostly excited because the reveal trailer, which happened in a direct recently. Um, reminded me a lot of Astral Chain, and I'll take any Astral yes, Chain. Yes, I had the I same thing. <laughs> Very like that... anime esque visuals. You're a police officer doing investigations, except instead of like action combat, it's like it looks kind of like turn based RPG ish. Um, maybe Which with like some real time something in there. Yeah, um, but it just looks awesome. I it yeah. Give me anything close to Astral Chain since Platinum doesn't want to make a sequel. I guess. Uh, and I'm there. See, that's why that's why uh, Camille left because they wouldn't make an Astral Chain sequel. That was, that, <laughs> that was the creative differences. He, <laughs> I respect it. Um, Earthblade, I think, I think we uh, talked on last yeah. week, uh, which yeah. is the next game by uh, Extremely OK Games, the makers of a uh, Towerfall Celeste. and Celeste. Their next game, yeah. kind of a Metroidvania action-looking fantasy game. Uh, that's I'll so, play that's this year. That team. Or supposedly uh, this year? Allegedly. Supposedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's so exciting. I feel like they announced that years ago. I know that it was like probably like one or two years ago, but I I can't wait. Um man, what else? Um Final Fantasy A Realm Reborn. Well, it's Final Fantasy 14 coming to Xbox this year. Yeah. Beta. And then Dawn Trail. Yeah, next month. And Dawn Trail's kind of like a uh not hard reset, but a, a good jumping on point if you don't want to go through all the other stuff. Because it's the start of a new saga. Um and yeah, they just did a big uh, weekend reveal, and Marcus has a, a nice write up on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the MMO that just keeps giving. Uh, I'm slowly working my way through it, but based on what the community thinks of it, I can't wait to one day be showering it with praise, like everyone else seems to do. What I forgot about till I'm seeing it, and this may be jumping ahead, but Greedfall Two, The Dying World, yeah. which. I did not spiders? play the first Greedfall, but it, yeah, Spiders. Uh, but it was a game that always interested me. Just like I thought the premise was cool, but like hearing that it was like kind of middling overall of like it has cool ideas, but maybe didn't quite live up to them. So like the sequel is exciting because it was like, okay, this can be their Assassin's Creed 2 of like taking a good foundation and like, you know, fixing the problems of the first game. Uh, and I, I know that game has its fans, the, the first Greedfall. So I, I'm actually kind of interested in seeing what that looks like like because i didn't i honestly i didn't think they would ever do a sequel to that game i was i was like oh i guess did it sell well enough or but you know maybe this is the one that 
gets the the Greedfall train uh, rolling in a bigger way. I think a big one I want to highlight is Harold Halibut. Yeah. yeah, it's the stop motion narrative game. Um, the best thing I can say about school. it, yeah, yeah, since like 2012, <laughs> I was out of high school, but not not too far after. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing I could, it's not developed by them, but I can say the best thing about it is it's gives off double fine vibes in the best yeah, way. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not, it's, it's by, uh, slow bros. Um, and they, the, the game is all stop motion handcrafted. They've been building sets for the game and like doll houses for it since 2012 ish when they started production on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to play this. Um, it's, I, I hope it's really good regardless. I think it's super interesting. Um, and it's just a, a, a really cool. It's like. When we saw Cuphead for the first time, it's like, yeah. wow, this is just so different, you know. And regardless of the outcome, I respect them for for doing something um, novel. What's next? Hyper Light Breaker. Uh, really excited for that's supposed to be this year. I believe it's going to be launching into early access. Yeah. Last I heard, um, we have a really cool uh, feature on this that we did earlier in the year by Charles um, in the magazine. Pretty cool. Little Nightmares Three is a big one for me as I, I love those first two games, especially the I thought the second game was fantastic. Um, I'm I'm curious to see because it's a uh, supermassive developing this one and not uh, Tarzir who did the first two, uh, which is you know supermassive made until dawn and and the quarry and mm-hmm. dark pictures games, but they, they have the, done um, the port the uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X port of Little Nightmares Two, um, which yeah. isn't the same as like developing a new game, but uh, but uh, whenever they, they side scrollers because they made. They helped on a little big planet game. Uh, yeah. So like they um, have some experience with that. Yeah. Uh, you jumped ahead past the next installment in the Kingdom Hearts saga. Marcus Kingdom Hearts missing link on iOS and Android. Which um, is oh, now, you, but you know, because of that series track record <laughs> is going to be like critical to understanding Kingdom Hearts four. And of I'm like, course. not even, I'm like, not even kidding. Like no, they're going to make you feel guilty for not playing it. It's going to have like four and a half years of story that will only make sense if you've caught up to Kingdom Hearts and then you won't understand four if you don't play it. So it's like, I know I'm excited you, just like, don't to make my download own this Keyblade wheelchair. <laughs> uh, Fonga. <laughs> Lisfonga, the Time Shift Warrior. Um, this is that like new indie Quantic Dream published published game. Yeah, I played it at um, this past SGF. I want to say, yeah, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed it. You are um, kind of like fighting in time, and like you are essentially like you you are overlooking this big arena, and um, and like it's like several like subsequent arenas after that. It's like run a little bit, do an arena, do another one. Uh, and you're kind of like planning out your moves and you only have a set number of moves, I believe, to defeat everyone. And so you are like using clones of yourself to like take out enemies uh, and like hit hit triggers so that, OK, if my clone hits that trigger, my clone can get the, my next clone can get to this door and kill the enemy inside before time runs out. And so you're kind of like juggling um, all these different timelines. It's cool. It kind of reminds me of like. uh like philosophically, not not in like uh, game, I guess, but like um, super time force, how you would kind of oh yeah manage your multiple your multiple uh, timelines of yourself. Yeah, um, it's cool, and it's I think it's a student led game as well, um, mm-hmm. or started as one. So yeah, it, it was cool. Lisfanga, 
L-Y-S-F-A-N-G-A. Easy game to Google. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, maybe one of the weirdest ones, and I'm so fascinated to see this, is, is Multiverses comes back this year. Yeah. So, oh, remember that, that weird story of like, it came out and we thought it was out, but like they pulled it last year saying, okay, the, op- the, the beta period's done. And we were all collectively like, wait, that was... That was the beta this whole time. Like it wasn't. You were charging was fifty dollars that... for a founders pack. And... We reviewed it. There, yeah. like you, you added characters that were like paid DLC. I know we were like, was that communicated? Or did we all know this? <laughs> and they said, okay, like, hey, we're gonna work on it and come back next year because of like, because you know the player count had declined and there were some complaints about like DLC. It was like it, there was stuff, um, but yeah. that's what's come back this year, <laughs> and I'm really fascinated to see what they did to it for like I guess the the actual real launch for sure this time uh that's just such a weird little oddity (laughs) i know it's funny that you can look at our 2024 list tba multiverses and then there's a link to read review (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's not like it's a console like port or anything like that it's like no this is just the game that i guess we played a beta this whole time apparently (laughs) yeah yeah like 2019 split game 2019 ish split gate came out and like Then, like in 2021, suddenly Splitgate is out. I'm like, this game came out two years ago. Well, it but went like, 1.0, but then the same time they said that this is 1.0. Also, we're not supporting this anymore. See you for the next game. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Yeah. It's it's weird. Um, I mean, this is a recent one. I, I know Metal Gear, the uh, Solid Delta Snake Eater, confirmed for this year alongside the Silent Hill 2 remake and that PlayStation like 2024 showcase trailer just casually yeah. had those two games in there as like yeah these are 2024 we're not gonna like sp- focus on them it's just part of a sizzle run like wait, wait wait what those those are just here now like since when oh okay and like konami's not gonna put out separate trailers for those games like announcing that that's odd <laughs> but, yeah uh, okay but it's like well i mean it's playstation saying that it is so i guess it's true it's such a weird i mean i'm happy i want to play both of those but you're just like yeah okay sure (laughs) um pal world which actually just got a release date today i think yeah Yeah. early access date next week it goes into early access update that entry and it's coming in to xbox too which was new it would it only been announced for pc but it's coming to xbox game preview i'm updating that product right now um you guys continue Metaphor Refantasio. That's just the new uh, game uh, from the Persona 4 and 5 team. Just looks as great as Persona games look. Um, that's like fall 2024, I think. No Rest for the Wicked. Uh, we mentioned Ori, the Ori team earlier, Moon Studios, talking about um, Prince of Persia, but that's this very painterly illustrated uh, action RPG coming out into early access this year. Looks cool. Uh, and it's it's fun to see like what they're why they're doing this instead of like a third Ori. So they clearly have like something they want to tell with this genre and type of game. And I'm excited to see uh, what that is. Um, uh, Stalker two finally coming out. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, obviously that game has gone through the ringer and the worst ways that <laughs> that team, but uh, you know, it's like, it's crossing the finish line this year. Uh, Skate store is one that looks so cool. Yeah. But I want to play with, like That's... the diamond looking person. Yeah, like you, he's like made out of glass. Yeah, and all something. we know is like he's in hell, or he's from hell, or something like that. It's like you're a glass skater with hell involved, but it looks so trippy and weird. Uh, 
Star Wars Hunters, or not Hunters, but uh, Outlaws. Outlaws. I say Hunters, I don't know. If Hunters is also coming out Hunters. this year, <laughs> yeah. which I mean, that game has been delayed a couple times now. Yeah. Um, Outlaws. Outlaws. Awesome. Ubisoft yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, that looks cool. Uh, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. Can't wait for that. Uh, still probably one of my all-time favorite game trailers is that uh, reveal where she's just doing the very metal song right into the camera. I think it was Game Awards. I love that trailer. Have you seen um like this was another one that was recently day for 2024, but it had been delayed was a uh, Stellar Blade. Yeah. That PlayStation the, uh, 5 exclusive action game that used to be called Project Eve, where you play as the mm. uh, overly like the super pretty girl with a sword yeah. and you're fighting monsters and stuff. It looks it's cool it's as hell. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't, it looks sweet. I'm excited for it. They just put out like a featurette about the um <clears throat> that game. I forget. Um, it was PlayStation or the developer, but yeah, it was. It it was part of that 2024 trailer too. Maybe that's what it was. With, yeah, with Silent Hill and all the other ones. Uh, what else? Still wakes the deep. That like weird horror horror question mark game by no uh, no. Is it just no. weird? It, yeah, it's just like underwater. Okay. Wait, no, I'm thinking of uh no under no, no, waves no, I'm or something. You think I'm thinking under the waves? Well, that came out already. The, yeah, this is the uh, this is the Chinese room, and it's yeah. Uh, I guess we don't know if it's technically horror, but yeah, it looks pretty spooky. Yeah, that's the team that did a Dear Esther and everybody's gone to the rapture of their next thing. Both games that everybody's like, this is a horror game, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, uh, everybody's gone to the rapture is a horror game and I, I was terrified at how slow you moved in that game. <laughs> like, yeah, and then Dear Esther, everybody's like, what's happening? When's the jump scare happening? Yeah. yeah, it's like playing Gone Home for the first time. Uh, thank goodness you're here. It looks sweet awesome. i played that it was awesome yeah 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 okay. yeah i really liked it looks like a, uh, a lot of the bits cartoon network show. really landed yeah yeah that uh return to Gollum comes to switch this finally show. yes let's go you said return to Gollum. <laughs> return to moria, return to moria. With Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> no don't don't do that to that other game uh, all right, all right. <laughs> casting of frank stone um that's the i'm not like super pumped on it necessarily that it's a it's a dead by daylight universe game because i just don't know dead by daylight but it is a super massive single player well uh horror game and obviously i think that game's gonna be cool yeah super mad and the, the premise is sounds pretty terrifying uh just murder and all that kind of gruesome stuff that i hope never happens to me you know i've never played a super massive game but i am a dead by daylight fan so yeah oh, okay there you i'm go. excited for it for that um the plucky squire yeah looks I think awesome. that one's on a lot of our radars yeah for sure. Uh, the, the the Spirit of the Samurai uh, is another stop motion game that uh, was part of one of the indie showcases during Summer Games Fest. I wrote a news story at it about it at the time, and it surprisingly got like a crap ton of views. <laughs> but uh, it's a side scrolling like like uh, kind of inspired by directly by like, uh, uh, oh, my gosh, um, Harryhausen uh, stop motion animation, like old school, like Clash of the Titans and, and stuff where you're playing as a, a samurai, but also like an old, like an Odama spirit and like a dog and you're just like fighting demons, but it, it looks like a Ray Harryhausen stop motion film, but like as a side scrolling samurai action game, it looks super cool. <laughs> yeah. I'd be remiss not to mention Zenless zone zero. I'm not, like I was literally pumped, just looking at the trailer. I know um, <laughs> uh, one of our editors here, Blake Hester is like beyond stoked to play Zenless zone zero. He loves those types of games and, it. Um. Yeah, you ask him, he will talk your ear off about Zenless Zone Zero. He's very excited. Yeah, he got, yeah. It's it's a Ho- Hoyoverse game. So folks who made Genshin and Honkai Star Rail, 
Zinless Zone Zero is the next one. Um, less, not really a fantasy setting, really. More like tech, uh, like street. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Metropolis. It's a Hoyo. Metropolis. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's all I, um, I guess there's, like, there's, a, there's a couple of like long in development stuff that's supposed to come out like a uh, vampire to masquerade bloodlines 2 is finally yeah. happening this year and yeah. they've been they have been ramping up the marketing for that game and like new trailers so it seems like it's actually going to come out now <laughs> yeah um and then the same with um uh, the wolf among us 2 which had been mm. delayed out of last year and is now coming out this year yeah that studio uh the new telltale they went through layoffs last year and still they have not said how many people were laid off and that number is not out there which is weird um, so hopefully people have recovered from that and yeah, who knows what that game is now. Um, strange. Yeah. I think it's the last game I'll call out is a uh, visions of mana. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That looks good. It's cool to see that series back with like a brand yeah. new entry and not like a remake or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's uh, not on here, but the switch successor can't wait for that you know 2024 hopefully this fall maybe i'd love i that. think i Please. think it's gonna happen for 400 <laughs> i'd love that i'd be fine with that as long as it's a little more premium and powerful than switch yes so we want to say like right now we can play this back if it happens but definitively do you think we'll have a new switch by the end of the year yeah me and brian just did a whole episode yeah. on it and we're we're okay. predicting september okay is you said uh, yes to alex yeah yeah okay yeah i think i i think i'm with you yeah Kind of in the spirit of that, I, I got a quick game I want to play with you guys in terms of oh. releases. So I, I told you guys this. Obviously, nobody else knows this. But in addition to this, our release calendar, I keep a personal list of games with TBA release dates. So like not mm. even a release year. They're just like, mm. we don't know when these are coming at all. Yeah. And just to keep it's just for my own personal reference, because it can be easy to forget those games, especially the ones that go quiet for a long time. And I've highlighted a few of the bigger slash perhaps close to release question mark, relatively speaking, games. And I'm going to call them out and I'm going to do this sort of rapid fire style where I want each of you to I'm going to I basically want you to say yes or no if you think it will come out this year. Because we've seen before, like games like this can sometimes just come out of nowhere and be like, it's coming out later this year. Surprise. Uh, so I'm gonna call it out, and I wanted each of you to say yes or no. It will it come out in 2024? You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. First one: Assassin's Creed Codename Red. Which, for those that don't know, this is the Assassin's Creed that is set in Japan. No. Yes. Okay. I almost wanted to keep a tally of like we'll check back at the end of the year to see how many of these you guys got right. I'm gonna say I I think I might say yes. I think it's I think Ubisoft's getting back on their yearly. Assassin's Creed kick. Some say yes. Um, Citizen Sleeper 2, Star Wars Vector. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, what is media? Oh, oh, whoa, what? Oh. A bubble. Did you do that? Uh, I don't I don't Can we see <laughs> you had a thumb emoji? Okay. I don't know what it did. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you did that. I was like, can that yeah, I assume the video people can see that, but okay, you're both saying Mine's yes. Mine's not so. doing it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what I'm gonna, both saying yes. I'm gonna say yes too. And I also hope so. Clockwork Revolution, which is the in exile, like no sort of Bioshock Infinity-ish open world steampunk game from last year's Xbox showcase. We got two no's. 
I want it this I, year, but it won't be. I, I guess I'll say no too, but I, I, I'm not as confident as you guys. Death Stranding two. Mm, this is a thinker. Yes, Alex, begrudgingly, yes. Is that <laughs> like yes? It, not confident, but yes. I don't yes. know how these are popping up on my screen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. You're, I think it's the, the camera. You have the OP one camera. Yeah, yeah. the Opal. Com- the Opal camera. It must be the software. It's just the text gestures. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's weird because it's do like the a, okay a, sign does it do like an okay as well it's funny because it looks like a thought bubble but it's appearing right over his head which is perfect um of like a thumbs up emoji but i'm i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no death strand this year okay coward it's coming this year and it's gonna be game of the year <laughs> uh, november uh november let me look at calendar it's coming oh you're gonna put it oh you're gonna add a date okay death stranding to dropping november first okay you heard it here first november 1st is the 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 year of sam porter bridges or the day of sam porter bridges i guess dragon ball sparking zero which is the new budokai tenkaichi game yes yeah will that come out before sandland comes out yes (sighs) Ooh, that's a good question it's hard to tell like who knows how long they've been working on sandland i think they Uh, both come out this year okay I'll, i'll say i'll say yes to dragon ball okay you're, you said yes, Wes? Medium? Yes. Okay. I'm just preparing for the next one in case it's a big one. Doke V. Like you're in pain, Wes. Oh, sorry. The next <laughs> game is Doke V. Not a real is, uh, game. Not, not real. This is, if you have Really seen cool it, vertical slice. It's this. Uh, oh, no. my God. <laughs> Whoa, what the? <laughs> I was like, your it's, roof, a hole opened storming. up in your roof and the storm is coming in. <laughs> what did I do? Sorry, that for one? audio listeners. <laughs> Wes's camera is putting up all these random effects, and there was a rainstorm for about a half second because <laughs> he said this he has to double, be tied to the no double, camera. Yeah, like it could it knew your skepticism with Doke AV, which for those that don't know, this is Pearl Abyss's like yeah. upcoming every I don't even know what you call it. Open the world. vertical slot. The it looked sick, but the most delightful game I've ever seen. <laughs> it looked awesome. They still got to yeah. put out Crimson Desert. Yeah, Crimson Desert. That's true. Crimson Desert feels more like a real game right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games that are becoming more and more real, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which, as a reminder, we will be seeing that game for realsies sometime this year. Do it's they coming out this year? Do you think they do the Fallout Four thing of like, hey, we announced it this year and it's coming out a few months later? It's coming out. Alex says yes. I don't think it is. Um, I don't think it is. They laid off a lot of good talent last year. And I'm wondering why. <laughs> double double. I'm <laughs> gonna, really trying to trigger the ring. I'm going to I'm going to go the the wild. Show. I'm going to go without. I'm going to say it's going to surprise us. And it's gonna I don't come, think it's wild. I think it's happening. Uh, it's going to come out this this fall. By hook August. or by crook, it's going to come out. <laughs> uh, August or September, I think. I'm saying October. Mm-hmm. No, no, no sooner than October. Okay. Okay. Dragon Quest 12. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go no. <laughs> no. It feels like it should, but no. <laughs> no. Oh, there it is. The rain's back. <laughs> You're just like a wizard conjuring. I hope this shows through on the Discord. Otherwise, <laughs> it does. It ridiculous. does. <laughs> okay. So, no, everyone, no on Dragon Quest 12. Yeah. Uh, no. Ever wild. 
God no, not real. <laughs> not <laughs> real. No, no surprise. Cancelled long ago. No surprise at the Xbox Summer Showcase. Where they're like, hey, it's coming this year. No, no, that was no. quietly uh, sunsetted long ago. Well, yeah. not sunsetted. It was like quite. There was that report that it was like more or less rebooted. Yeah, but like in a, in the last like year or two, um, whatever that. Means. I believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm gonna go no too. Um, speaking of other long in development Xbox games, Fable will that will Fable come out this year? They'll say it will, but it won't. Delayed to 2020. I mean, that's not the same thing. But it's either gonna come. Well, out it's not even not. on the. De- <laughs> it's not even on that developer direct, is it? It, it is it, not, but I mean that not. doesn't necessarily mean mm. they won't come out this year. It's only January. I think it's next year at the earliest. That's yeah, I no. also think next year. <sighs> this year is avowed. Um, Sinuous Saga. Yep. And somebody in terms of Microsoft's output. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fail. and World of Warcraft, of course. Now that they own that. And Call of I, Duty. I guess it's like a sort of technically. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess we got to get used to saying that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go no for Fable 2, but I'm actually a little more reluctant. I There's a part of my brain that's like, maybe reluctant, do. Yeah. But yeah, I think no. Um, here's one we ask ourselves every year. Hollow Knight Silk Song. Yes. Or is 2024 the year? <laughs> yes. Whoa! <laughs> double thumbs up on Wes. <laughs> That means it has to happen now. <laughs> it's the year. Yeah, yeah it, it, it has I feel like to be one. It, honestly, if it does come out, I think we we will all be shooting fireworks legit because we're like, thank God, it's finally here. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say yes too. I think I think this is that it. studio. I think needs to bring in new money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They need to release a game. I think. Uh, here's a curveball. I am Jesus Christ. That's already out. No, a prologue is out. The full game is not. Oh no! Oh, like, like Genesis, a, like or a the prologue. Uh, you know, yeah, they're doing great, chapter by chapter. That's a great Exodus. question. <laughs> it's an episodic game now. Apparently, I don't know. But uh, yeah, numbers they released will a, release in 2036. At the end of 2022, they released a like a demo, basically like a prologue chapter, but the full game is TBA. No. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm gonna say the, yes. The three days different. have I'm passed. Say yes. It's not happening. That means I say I'm saying yes for no other reason than because I want to go to heaven when I die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to say, not like forty me. delays and forty nights. <laughs> uh, okay, and then it's ready. <laughs> yeah, uh, a game that we are also going to be learning about very soon: Indiana Jones. No. Yes. Next week we are going to see gameplay and a whole deep dive on it. For when the first did time. Machine Games last game come out? Wolfenstein 2? Oh, I guess Youngblood. Wait, did they uh, do Youngblood? Or did they, someone else do Youngblood? They helped with Youngblood, didn't they? Because 2 was 2017. Mm. Then I, maybe my maybe it's a thumbs up then. Arcane was the tight. one. They were like the main lead on Youngblood. I remember mm. that now. Arcane with Machine Games. I think Indiana Jones is this year, and I think it's first half. No, I think it's, yeah, I think it's first half of 2024. Oh, so be, I think oh, wow. I think it's the one that's going to get the fallout for treatment. We're going to hear about it next week, I think, at the development direct. Yeah, and then uh, maybe bef- June. Feels like a June game. Okay, so you're expecting a release date next week, possibly. Yeah. Release, I think so. Okay, I think Avowed will get a release date. I can see that. You said that. no to Indiana Jones, right, Alex? I changed my mind to yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say no. 
If I had to bet that team wanted that game out last year, or Disney wanted that game out last year with Dial of Destiny, and they couldn't hit it, and that's why I think it's this year. I mean, they're probably grateful now because that movie did not do great. (laughs) So maybe they're like, you know what? Maybe it's good that this is coming out with some separation. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Judas. Oh, no. Ken Levine. Ken Levine games do not. Narrative Legos. Except for like 10 years after they're announced. So (laughs) I want that game bad, but. Yeah, I'm saying no. It's going to be a while. I hope I pronounce this next game right. Kanutsu Gami, Path of the Goddess. I don't even know what that game is. It's yeah, Capcom's fantasy action game that they announced last year that we all thought looked super cool. I don't even remember it, but it looks like like third person sword play, like you're fighting demons and stuff, like almost them doing like a Neo or a Sekiro. Do you remember uh, no, this? No, not ringing a bell to me. To be okay, not coming out. You have to look it up or look up a screenshot because I remember we were all in the in that Capcom showcase together and we were like, "That looks cool. What is that?" <laughs> um, but I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say it's gonna come out. No. Okay. Lost Soul aside, speaking of cool action games that have been long no. in development, do you guys know what this is? I know the name, and it's not coming out. That's that this solo is the, That's right? a game I associate. It started out as a solo project. It's been out for a long time. Yeah, yeah this is a game that was announced in like 2016 as a solo project by a, a dude in China, and it looks like Final Fantasy 15 mixed with Devil May Cry, and it was so impressive that Sony like signed him for a publishing deal to make it a PlayStation exclusive. It's had it gets a trailer once every like three years. <laughs> And most recently, they confirmed it was coming to PS5 because it was originally supposed to be a PS4 exclusive. But, you know, time happened. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say no. 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 Yeah. Though, again, How many more of these you got, Marcus? I got to go eat lunch. I'm going to run through for Metal Slug Tactics. Yes. Yes. All right. I hope so. Was that the last one? Oh, no. I was going to just rap fire. Okay. Metro Prime 4. Launch yes. game. Switch. With the new Switch. September yep, switch to uh, September 19th. Cross gen title switch to. Okay. I we're all in agreement. Okay. Mina the Hollower. Yes. I'm gonna say no. Unless you know something we don't know. <laughs> Mr. Yacht Club. But <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Uh The Outer Worlds 2. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. no rain. <laughs> Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we get a double dose of the Prince this year? <laughs> no. 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 You guys mentioned earlier, I was surprised. Sandland. You said yes, Alex? Yes. Or were you just saying that it will come before Dragon Ball? It'll come before Dragon Ball. I'm going to say no. Okay. Slitterhead. This is the, Blake uh, would love for that to come out. <sighs> they're still showing like their developer videos. Tell me that game. Yeah. Away. They're still showing like. Yeah. Okay. All right, today no. we made a girl with hair that can kill you. <laughs> Check it out. Today we opened up uh, 3DS Max. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be making some models. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Star Wars Eclipse. Quantic Dreams. No. <laughs> Long no. Star Wars game. That game's like five no. years away. For sure. <laughs> okay, I'll say no too. State of Decay 3. Finally. Did they announce uh... that? They announced they, that uh, forever ago. Oh, with the deer, <laughs> they've right? Been, yeah. Years they've been ago. Hiring, <laughs> they've been hiring some people lately, too. Um, No. I think Xbox is already pretty stacked for 2024. Yeah, I think that would be like 2025. Yeah. 
I don't know if it'll be ever at this point. <laughs> I'm saying Fair. no. Okay. Uh, two more. Okay. UFO 50. Yes. That's the... Wow, you said the confident. The Derek U game of like 50 games that are all fully fleshed out and it's like this ambitious indie thing and it looks cool, but it's also been announced for years with no real updates. It'll come out. Will it be this year though? Yes. I'm going to say no. When I spoke to Derek U in that cave and asked about UFO 50. And you pressed them up against the cave wall and said, tell me about UFO 50. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, there's 49 of them made. <laughs> okay, you got me. It's UFO 49. <laughs> he didn't say that. He could, but he's like, I just can't figure out. I got out the, the vibe. He wants to finish that game sooner rather than later. Okay. Soon as 2024, perhaps. That's my guess. All right. Last game. Who knows? These creatives, man, you know. Or actually, uh. Second to last game, Unknown Nine Awakening. Don't even do you guys remember this game? <laughs> no, no. This was announced in 2021, I think, at an Xbox. Oh, no, at Gamescom. Actually, 2020. And it's like based on a. So, Unknown Nine is apparently some like big media sci fi ish franchise, like expanding novels and books and comics. But it's getting its first game. There was that cinematic trailer with the little Indian girl that has like superpowers. You remember this? I sound like Ben Hansen right now saying this. Like, you guys remember this? Uh, <laughs> have you seen this? Never heard of this game. I've never even seen it. It looked I'm cool. Looking, I'm looking at it now and I've never seen this. Okay. It is not. It is like. I only brought this up because apparently I saw a story from Eurogamer where like it had a recent update where it, like a Singapore rating board gave it a 2024 release window. So I was like, oh my God, is there a sign of life for this game? Because I have not. It has not made a peep mm. since <laughs> Gamescom 2020 really. Um, can I uh, can I guess what your next game you're gonna say is? Sure. Is it is it by Capcom? No. Oh. What are you thinking of? Pragmata. Oh, that's that's not this. They they just delayed it last year, <laughs> and they said it. They didn't I even give it a date. List, though. Last year they just said question list. mark. I don't know when this was coming out. All right. La- my last game is Wonder Woman by Monolith. No. Also no. Yeah. No, but yeah. You're saying no, but you're agreeing by saying yeah. Y- sure. The thing that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. What about Skull and Bones? I know there's a release date. <laughs> Do we believe it? <laughs> yes. They have to get their money. True. I mean, so yeah, that's it. So yeah, everyone watching at home, I hope you all kept tallies. We're going to be relying on you to reference this and at, when we get to the end of the year and we see what came out and what doesn't and we're all going to be like man i can't believe judas came out this year we were stupid yeah wow man, what a great game it was we all played it i'd love to be one of that's true that'd be cool i can't wait for that game yeah all y'all uh thank you all for listening this week be sure to go and uh, grab an issue of game informer uh your local GameStop, or by going to gamestop.com slash game informer get that physical issue for 7.99 our current magazine cover is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, we've got another exciting one coming to you next month. Um, Twitch.tv slash Game Informer and YouTube.com slash Game Informer are where you go for our um, our very cool video content. Um, lastly, uh, go listen to All Things Nintendo, our Nintendo-focused podcast. And go follow these fellas on social media. Follow Marcus at MarcusStewart7 and follow Wes at LeBlancWes. Um, and then uh, you can follow me at it's Van Aiken. Thank you to Matt Storm, aka DJ Stormageddon. They were on the show last week. 
Thanks for being our podcast editor. Go and listen to their shows, Fun and Games, and Reignite Podcast, which is their Bioware podcast. That's it for this week. We'll see you next Thursday. Goodbye, everybody.